Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of the Pharma Forum podcast. My name is Dominic Tyre, and I'm Pharma Forum's Creative Director. For this episode, I met Blueberry Therapeutics CEO Dr. John Ridden at the Welcome Collection in London to talk about the UK biotech he co founded, its strategy, and bringing innovation to life through Blueberry's nanomedicine approach. We also discussed its focus on dermatology, a recent funding deal signed with China Medical Venture Investment, and the concept of risk management for a small biotech company. Now you can find more details of this episode, including a download link to the podcast and information about other instalments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharma Forum. John, welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast. Thank you. Uh, I think perhaps if we could, could start off, perhaps if you could give us uh, well, a potted history of, of how you come to now be uh, CEO of Blueberry Therapeutics. Uh, I know it's a, at least a 20-year journey encompassing biotech and, and uh, the, the pharmaceutical industry itself, but well, how, how did you get to be, to be sitting here? Well, after a, uh, a DPhil in Oxford looking into the spacious gland uh, skin, which is a gland involved in acne. Um, I moved to Cancer Research UK at Lincoln's Enfield and started turning my attention to signal transduction in cancer. Uh, following that, I uh, joined a biotech and spent two years in a company in Cambridge called Ribonetics, looking at the use of uh, ribozymes and antisense in dermatology and oncology, as it happened. And that was just fabulous, got involved in all sorts of aspects of the business, from, um, from patent writing, commercial research, and it was a real vibrant, energizing uh, place to work until it ran out of money. <laughs> and then I uh, joined Pfizer in mm-hmm. Kent, and that's where I really learned serious drug discovery and development. Uh, how it's done in a very lean, a lean way, a very professional way. So I spent seven years at Pfizer in cardiovascular disease and mm-hmm. tissue repair. Um, led some drug discovery programs there, which again was very exciting. Met a fantastic range of people, uh, and then moved to AstraZeneca, where I spent 12 years in early phase research and towards the end in late phase research, so translational sciences. And left there in 2012, having acquired some compound assets to develop at Blueberry. Um, Really setting up Blueberry a few months before I left AstraZeneca. Um, And uh, yeah, little little did I know they were going to close the site at that point. It was still a vibrant, happening site. Mm. Um, But interestingly, once I'd set Blueberry up and co-founded Blueberry, spent a year and a half developing ideas, IP, project plans. We then got to the point where we needed laboratories. And as I was looking across the whole of the UK for laboratories, the message came out that there was going to be a science park at, at Aldley Park. Mm. So we uh, reached out to Martin Mackay, who was head of research at the time, and said, is this true? He said, yes, it is. And so, uh, long story short, we ended up being the first on-site 
um, with Blueberry Therapeutics. And we're our first labs and we're still there. Mm. So uh, based at Alderley Park in Cheshire with, with AZ and then still based at Alderley Park um, with uh, Blueberry uh, Therapeutics. Yes. And the uh, the, the assets you, you acquired, am I right in thinking, they, they came also from AstraZeneca? They did. They came from AstraZeneca. It was... Uh, and Assets that uh, block P38 alpha, so they were peptide-based in nature. Very interesting signs, not working the way normal kinase inhibitors work. And we thought we could develop these as anti-inflammatories. Um, but uh, so very exciting to have those assets uh, and the support from AZ. Uh, but we couldn't get investment to, to really um, progress them. And that's when we uh, changed tack to um, looking at both antibiotic resistance and uh, dermatological disorders and ended up building a portfolio of programs where essentially we were looking at reducing the risk of failure mm-hmm. uh, in these programs and hence using generics reformulated to lower the dose essentially. And so we uh, brought then uh, Blueberry Therapeutics set up as a, as a UK bi- biotech. It's um, The company's progressing its, its, its first potential candidates um, through that time. I mean, what, what were your thoughts with the company in terms of, of what its uh, overarching strategy, strategy should, should be? Yes, yeah, so the, the overarching strategy really was to... Um, was as it developed to where we are today, was to, to create a company focused in dermatology, addressing uh, very clear medical need, uh, non-life-threatening diseases, but they are serious and they impact you know, lots of people uh, with very clear commercial opportunities. So it was really creating a company that addressed these uh, uncomfortable diseases and, and a large proportion of people that would allow us to uh, do well commercially and therefore allow us to then not only repay the investors that came in to support us but also a bunch of us will invest in additional programs uh, in probably in antibiotic resistance later on. Mm-hmm. So the, the oral strategy was around building a derma company that has got Huge commercial potential, mm-hmm. and, and specifically in terms of these these um, large commercial diseases. So, what, where where were your focus areas there? So, the a good question. We've really focused on. Uh, we did an analysis of pretty much all dermatological diseases, and, and arrived at a number of them that really aren't well met at the moment by current technologies, current medicines. So. Onychomycosis, a fungal nail infection, it's a very, very common disease and it's a disease of the aging population. The older you get, the more likely you are to get the disease. Um, very uncomfortable, unpleasant. Uh, it's just usually associated with tinea pedis, athlete's foot. Uh, so this is a big, big market. The current drugs, um, topical drugs, uh, don't work particularly well uh, and you have to treat yourself for a a year to find out that maybe most of the time it doesn't work. Um, the oral drugs, um, which work very well, come with a, a number of uh, safety problems. Uh, and so it's how to, so yeah, so that 
So how can you take these really good drugs with safety problems and make them great? Mm-hmm. And, so, and how, how do you go about bringing innovation to, to these, these sorts of areas where there are treatments, but clearly they're not, not all doing what they should be? Yeah. How, how can you um, change things? Well, really, it was, um, it, it was taking a real studying the nail, studying the disease, really in some depth. And uh, um, our CSO, Dave Cook, and myself in particular, spent a long time just really thinking about the disease and the structure of the, of the nail and arrived at a hypothesis, essentially, which is uh, um, uh, a number of publications out there that describe the more aqueously soluble your drug, the more likely it will be to get through the nail. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we know that some of the best drugs out there, like tibinifin, don't dissolve very well at all in water. And so, they, in, in fact, they don't penetrate through the nail very well as topicals. Whereas an oral drug, high dose, it, it solves the disease more often than it doesn't. Um, so our hypothesis was, how do we get tibinifin into the aqueous phase? essentially. And we worked for some time on various formulations to try and move it into the aqueous phase and then had some success with nanosyn technology from a company called Takria based in London which forms these nano capsules if you like in the nanometer range Mm -hmm. loaded up with drug and then the drug therefore now sits into this aqueous phase and uh, gets through the nail. And so that allows us to therefore uh, get the drug, this really good drug, through the nail to the nail bed without having to take a really large 250 milligram tablet of the drug to get through systemic circulation, cause these safety problems like gut problems, liver problems, neurological problems. Um, just applying it by applying it directly, you reduce the dose a thousandfold. So. So, yeah. So, and, and uh, in terms then of the, the, the nano medicine uh, approach, that's that's so far being paying off. Your your pipeline, your, your lead candidate is uh, going into phase two. In, so around phase two. Yeah. So it's we've just completed a phase one stroke two. So it's a safety efficacy PK study. Um, we've got some. We're excited about the results. It's not fully read out yet. We'll get the top line results end of this month. Um, um, so yeah so we're quite excited about that we are going into a multiple trials if you like the next one is a phase two where we're going to try to define the dose more precisely I would say so we're seeing the desired effects but we're not sure we've got the right dose at the moment so that's why we're going into a phase two and in parallel um, looking at a phase three in tinea pedis so the portfolio is advancing quite nicely. The, the nanomedicine component of this is really as simple as uh, reducing the dose whilst maintaining the efficacy. That's really what we're looking for. Clearly then the, the funding round, uh, Series B funding round, yes. you, you closed in, in August this year. So that's, yes. that's going to set you up well for, for some of these these um, new trials that you'll be you'll be doing. Yes, so that's uh, that's designed to help us advance our programs uh, through to the next value inflection point, which would be a uh, your classic uh, phase two clinical proof of concept 
perhaps taking one of the other drugs through um, phase three development. Um, um, we're still exploring that that uh, in some detail. Uh, importantly, it was also hooking up with a good commercial partner for Asia as well. So CMS have proven that they are, um, you know, the top pharma in Asia for for dermatological disorders and infectious diseases, with a very good sort of distribution network and sales network, very good regulatory uh, expertise. So we feel they're a really good match for us um, as an R&D organization hooking up with a highly commercial organization. Um, we're excited to be mm. working with them. Well, clearly for, for any company, but particularly a, a newer, smaller um, bio biotech company, there's, there's a lot of ground to cover yes. uh, out, out there in, in, in the wider world trying to get your, your products um, to market. So the, and the, the CMS deal, so that's going going to cover, isn't it, um, the uh, greater China yes. area. That's right, um, and North Korea and South Korea and Mongolia, but uh, we've retained rights for um, America, USA, um, South America, Europe, Japan, um, and are talking with a number of possible large pharma partners about those territories uh, as we progress these compounds through clinical development, hopefully eventually to a, a new medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of when uh, when the company was first set up in, in, in the years um, since then, I'd be interested to hear how you approach the concept of risk. We, in, in, uh, when you look, we know all about um, big pharma companies' uh, attrition rates through, mm. through the different phases of um, R&D. But clearly, they have backing up that resources and, um, and many, many other compounds coming coming yes. through. But when you're talking about a, a small biotech company, yes. each compound decision takes on so much more weight. Yes. How, uh, when you were choosing which compounds to, to bring uh, over from from AZ, and, and when you're looking at the newer um, compounds, how do you look to, to lower the risk in, inherent in this, yes. this process? So I learned a lot in the early days, I have to say, about um, risk management. Um, being a small company, you, you haven't got too many shots on goal. So the, uh, the projects that you take on, we design them to be as low risk as possible. So that means we can't really leave questions open around the, the safety and the efficacy. We need to understand the safety and efficacy. So... Starting out, uh, it wasn't really possible for us to work with a brand new compound. Uh, so we looked out there for compounds that are in existence or generic that um, work very well. So they're very effective, but they might have problems, whether that's a safety problem or delivery problem, formulation problem. Uh, that needed solving. So that's why we ended up with tabinafine, which is a really excellent drug, uh, but it does have these safety and formulation problems. Uh, so those are things we can get our teeth into. So there we're reducing the risk by you no longer have a question about does the drug work or not. You've got no longer got a question about what the safety problems are because you know what they are. Even if there are a long list of them, you know what they are and you know the reasons for it. Um, so we felt reducing the risk um, at the start was important for us. 
of working with knowns. Um, and then um, we needed to be certain that we were approaching these programs very scientifically, so allowing the science to steer us. So we needed to be confident that when we do a killer experiment and we don't get the answer we want, that we'd be prepared to kill it, the program. Mm -hmm. Now, that'd be really tough if all you had was one program. And no matter, you know, how, um, how much you try to just follow the science. So a way of uh, dealing with that was to build a risk balance portfolio of five programs. So the first four really are all reformulations of existing drugs. And uh, so we're working in acne, topical analgesia, and also atopic dermatitis. With tuniapedis and onychomycosis, the most uh, the most advanced. So um, so it was building that risk balance portfolio meant that each time we tried to kill the onico program, for example, no, we can't deliver through the nail, uh, no matter what we've tried then we would be prepared to kill the program and move on to acne or on to tineopedis. So that's the reason for our portfolio. As it turned out, each time we did the killer experiment, um, we succeeded in answering it successfully and moving the program on to the next step, even stronger than before. And so, yeah, it, it is tough. I know that waiting for your clinical trial results to come out feels a bit like waiting for your GCSEs. <laughs> but um, but it's uh, no, it's, it's, it's a rewarding process when you're truly following the science. It means you arrive in clinical development, experimenting in, in patients um, with your test formulations, your test drugs, on the back of really high-quality science. Mm-hmm. So, and so what... Finally, really, for, for this episode of the podcast, um, I'd be fascinated to hear a bit more about um, what, what the future holds for, for Blueberry Therapeutics. Um, what, what, what's next for the company? Well, what's next is, well, we, uh, we're gearing up now to go into phase two clinical development in the U.S. Um, uh, for onychomycosis. And uh, we're also working with our new Asia partner, CMS, on uh, tineopedis mm-hmm. and looking to develop that further towards product. Uh, so those two are demanding a lot of our time at the moment with the ambition of moving them into phase three and on to uh, new drug approvals. Uh, but also there's a lot of demand now on our uh, preclinical team, uh, and that's all about now advancing the formulations for acne and topical analgesia into nomination for development, and we're planning to do that mid next year so so you know if all goes well we'll, we'll have four programs in clinical development by the end of next year mm-hmm. um, and in our mind um, uh, relatively low risk and again following allowing the science to to guide us really mm-hmm. well I certainly wish you well for uh, everything you've got coming up over the next year years ahead John thank you very much for joining me for the Pharma Forum podcast thank you very much Dominic and that's it for this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast I hope you enjoyed my chat with Dr John Ridden from Blueberry Therapeutics on its strategy and recent milestones you can find more details of this episode including a download link for the podcast and information on other installments in the series at 
pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The Pharma Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharma Forum. And don't forget to visit our website to sign up for daily or weekly email, pharmaceutical news and analysis bulletins. And follow us on Twitter, where we are at Pharma Forum. So that's it for the Pharma Forum podcast for 2018. We'll see you next year.